Good morning and welcome to <clears throat> the middle of the week. Welcome to Wednesday. It is uh, <clears throat> July the 6th. I'm so sorry. Uh, I feel like I've just started talking and got a big frog in my throat. So anyway, welcome to Wednesday. It's July the 6th and uh, we're going to finish up Psalms 88 today verses 13 through 18. And uh, this will finish up this devotion for this psalm. It's been a, it's, it, this psalm is, 88 is a, uh, I guess I would say a very difficult psalm. Uh, seems to be gloom and doom if you just read through it because it seems like the, the author's questions that he has because of the suffering that he's going through is never answered. But, um. Uh, the title of today's devotion answers that question, and it is, the title is, Christ is the answer to our questions. And I guess I could say, Christ is the answer to all our questions. So, let's read Psalms 88. Let's work our way through verses 13 through 18 this morning. Once again, if you have not listened to the devotions of Psalms 88, 1 through 12. I encourage you to do that before you listen to this one. Uh, it make more sense anyway. So Psalms 88, verse number 13, the writer says, O Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. O Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? Hear the writer uses another word for crying out as we've talked about these uh, couple of Hebrew words. Actually, there's three different words he uses for crying out. And again, look back to devotions for the first two for verses one and verse number nine. And then here in verse number 13, he uses another Hebrew word, which is Shava, which means to be free or to be set free. Um, the psalmist writes here that he's coming to the Lord day by day. In the English Standard Translation, uh, it it says or uses the word in the morning or the phrase in the morning, which what he's probably talking about here is the regular time of sacrifice and offering for the Hebrew people. Um, the Bible indicates throughout the Word of God that there, there was probably three times a day that people came to the Lord in prayer. Um which is probably the rendering of the New Living Translation and the meaning when he says day by day, which just means he's coming at the appropriate times uh, that the Lord would ask or that the it would be the appropriate times for prayer. And the, the writer's coming at the appropriate times and he's crying out for freedom from his suffering. Uh, so the way that the writer's coming to the Lord seems right. Um, he's coming, he's coming to the, the Lord at the appropriate time in the appropriate way. So why is the Lord rejecting him? Uh, this word reject, when I, when I first read it, I had to do some studying and some research because it sure sounded like to me the same Hebrew word that was used in Matthew 27, verse 46 and Psalms 22, 1, where Jesus was on the cross and he cried out, uh, Eli, Eli, Shabbatathamach, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or why have you left me alone? But 
in Psalms 22, 1, that was what Jesus was quoting, but it's a deep, different Hebrew wording here, but it sounds the same because there's such an anguish that comes with it. Um, Jesus, of course, on the cross was crying out, not only because of his physical anguish, but because he was taking on the sins of the entire world. But the anguish, what I want to point out to you here is, again, it's different Hebrew word. It's a different word, but the anguish seems to be the same as we're, as we're reading this. He, the writer is crying out for the Lord to help him because he is in such anguish. Verse number 15, the writer says, I've been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. The writer points out the length of his suffering since youth. We're not really sure how old the writer was, and that's not really important. The What he's indicating here by mentioning this is that it's been a long period of time, or as he's crying out in anguish, he's probably meaning, God, it's been long enough. I've learned what you wanted me to learn. Have you ever been there? God, I've, I've suffered enough. I feel like I've gone through enough of what, what you're wanting to teach me. I understand I need you. Enough is enough. I need you to free me. I need you to come and take care of me. And, and the writer is indicating here his trust in the Lord because he, he, he notes or I'm or note the wording here that he uses. Um, I'm desperate and helpless before your terrors. When you get to verse number 16 and 17, he points out your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. Um, they swirl alike around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. Not only is the author pointing out that he, he knows that he's in God's hands and that he knows this is possibly come from the Lord, um, the author points out he's drowning in this experience. And let me just say here that I don't understand um, and I don't I don't claim to understand all there is about depression and anxiety. But I understand what it feels like to experience uh, the overwhelming terrors and to be paralyzed by fear and to feel like the world's closing in on me like the floodwaters, to be engulfed the way that he's talking about here. Um, I, under, I understand sometimes the feeling that people go through and the feelings that they have when they feel like there is no hope, that things are helpless and there's no way to escape. But as the title of my devotion says today, Christ is the answer. Jesus is the answer to all of our struggles and our suffering that we may go through. The pain and the sickness the author is enduring has taken away everything. Look at the last verse, verse number 18. Um, and once again, his questions aren't answered, but there is an answer. Verse 18 says, You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. Everything's been taken away from the altar, author. I'm sorry, and um, this may indicate this may indicate his sickness that he's going through. Maybe it's leprosy or something like that, 
which would exclude him and remove him from the community. Um, it would also uh, remove him uh, and make him ceremonial unclean, which would restrict him from the worship in the temple or sacrifices, um, which again, I, I'm not really sure if this is physical pain that the author is going through or spiritual pain. Um, since this man is an author, since this man seems to be a leader of worship, uh, anytime that we are forbidden or anytime we're taken out of what we've been called to do, it will seem like suffering to us and it will be a, a way of anguish to us. Uh, but the answer is Christ. Um, there is uh, no one, the author says, that he can turn to. When he turns to turn to go to someone, to look to someone for help, there's no one there. But Christ is always there. This feeling of loneliness or depression um, can only be explained by people who understand it. And, uh, you know, it it's hard to explain how you can be in a crowded room filled with people but feel completely alone. And the author's questions here, once again, they never seem to be answered. But I guess my questions are, or my question is, was it really never answered? Or do answers or questions like this ever really never get answered? Does, I don't know if that makes sense or not. I'm, I'm trying to put my words right here. Um, the meaning of this is, um, you know, the author is feeling this way because maybe God has brought this on them. Uh, maybe it is sickness or something that God has allowed. Or is this a situation where the author really is making more out of something that really is not that big a deal, or that's not a good way to put it. Maybe this is, here's a way to put it. This is what I mean. Maybe it's not a physical pain that the author is feeling as much as it is an emotional pain or a mind pain. I understand God allows suffering. Um, and most of the time when suffering comes, it's to bring us closer to him. Uh, and I could cite many instances in the word of God. But as believers, of, as followers of Christ, we can be sure that this place that we feel in our minds or in our hearts should never be the final say or the end for us because Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the light and we are to be the light because of Jesus living in us. Yes, feelings like this are real, um, but we can know from Scripture that we don't have to stay in these places. Jesus has come so that we can never feel alone or that we will never be in darkness forever. He's come to rule and reign in the darkest areas and darkest places of our lives. You know, does these, does these questions ever get answered? Yes, I believe the answer is still Christ. God's plan for our lives, the Bible tells us, is for good and not for disaster, to give us a hope and to give us a future. That's what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. 
And um, Jesus points out what the thief or what the enemy comes to do to us or what he comes to try to do to us. And so as you read, again, I want to encourage you to read back through this passage of scripture and note uh, these things. There's, there's at least six things that Satan wants to do in your life. Number one, he wants you to doubt God. He wants you, number two, to live in fear. Number three, he wants you to feel insecure. Number four, he wants you to avoid the church or avoid people that can help you in your life. Number five, he wants to lead you astray. And number six, he wants you to fail. Now, I want, to, I want you to take those six things and I want you to read back through this psalm and, and just think for one minute or two if these instances isn't something that the psalmist felt at some point in time. And don't get me wrong, maybe this was a physical illness that the psalmist was dealing with. I'm not saying it, it's not. I'm just saying sometimes... The devil will make us feel these ways or this way in order to bring us down. Now, John 10.10 tells us exactly what Satan has come to do. He's come only to steal, kill, and destroy. But the end of that verse also tells us what God has come to do and what Jesus has come to bring and do for us. He says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Our questions about suffering may not always be answered in this life. And some, many, of God's people may suffer to great extents here in this life or in this world. But Jesus has overcome this life. He's overcome this world. And we are overcomers with him. So I want to encourage you today, don't let the burdens and the darkness of the enemy in this world overcome you. Remain faithful to Christ and keep the faith you have in Jesus. And if you don't have faith in him today, if maybe you're listening and you don't follow him, I want to encourage you. Following Jesus isn't going to solve every problem that you might have or that may have occurred in your life. But I promise you, he will bring light to the dark places. You will find peace and joy. And maybe... The suffering you're going through is the Holy Spirit calling you and drawing you close to him. Many times the questions we ask or the questions we have turn us in the right direction, which is to Christ. But just because we don't get the answers we want doesn't always mean he hasn't answered those questions. Trust Jesus. He is the fulfillment that we seek. Christ is the answer to our questions. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and for this psalm. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for hanging with me today. I know I took a little bit longer, but Lord willing, I'll be back with you tomorrow and uh, we will start back in the Proverbs. God bless you. Have a great day.